Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy. I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, you, come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy, nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. So let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy. I have my good friend today, Dr. Chinello Ikiyama Fangtang. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's glad to have you on here. We're going to be talking about some skin stuff today. Dr. Fangtang is a world-renowned dermatologist out of the Houston area. So I wanted to bring her on to have her talk about ways to keep your skin looking young and youthful. So before we get started, what is a dermatologist? What do you do on a regular basis? So a dermatologist is a physician who treats diseases of the skin, the hair, and the nails. So a dermatologist has to go through undergrad and then we go to med school and then we match into a dermatology residency. And then once we conclude that residency, we can call ourselves a physician who is whose expertise is disease is diseases of the skin, hair and nails. So what made you want to go into dermatology? Well, who which what woman doesn't like treating the skin, hair and nails? <laughs> so, of course, that's of interest to me. But if I'm pointing to one singular event in my past, I did have really bad acne and I actually had to go on Accutane. So just that experience alone made me realize that dermatologists can literally change your life, especially in terms of how you see yourself in the world. And so that made me interested in dermatology on a disease perspective. But as a woman, interest in the skin, hair, and nails was huge for me. Yeah, yeah. So it was very important to you to, to kind of get that under control when, when you're in your youth. So that kind of inspired you um, to go into dermatology? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It definitely did. So what's a, a typical day like for you? So a typical day for me is as a dermatologist, I practice in the clinic. I'm not really in the hospital. I'm never in the hospital. There are some dermatologists who do work in the hospital. They may see consults in the hospital, but most dermatologists work in the clinic. And I get there in the morning, I see my patients, and then there's a break for lunch. I see patients in the afternoon, and then concluding that, I finish my notes, and then I'm headed back home. And currently my schedule right now, I'm working Monday through Thursday, um, full days. That's a pretty good schedule right there. It is pretty nice. (laughs) I do have to admit that. It's really (laughs) nice to have Fridays off. When I first started off in practice, I I was working five days a week. Um, But more recently, I did go back down to four. And if you actually talk to most dermatologists or you look at most dermatologists' schedule, the actual norm is a four-day work week. There are some dermatologists that do work 
five days, but the actual norm, no, the actual norm is four days. So I wanted to bring you on so we can have a good discussion about aging of the skin and ways to keep your skin looking nice and youthful. So what are some of the main causes of aging of the skin? So the main cause of aging of the skin, I would have to say, is the sun is number one. And then just natural aging for natural aging as a human being. The sun can contributes a lot though. So if I had to point to one or the other, I would probably say just natural aging of the skin or natural aging of the human body will contribute to aging of the skin. And then number two is the sun. So what does the sun do when it hits your skin? How does it create aging and damage to your skin? So the UV rays from the sun cause damage to the top and deep layers of the skin that result in free radicals that can cause skin damage and precancerous or cancerous skin lesions. And especially being here in the Houston area, somewhat close to the equator, the sun is always out. So that damage is always happening. And if you are not protecting your skin from the sun with sunscreen or other sun protection elements, then you'll, you'll see the difference in your skin pretty quickly as you get into middle age. So are there any kind of chronic medical conditions that some individuals have that can make their skin age faster? For example, those with diabetes or those who have high blood pressure, can they their skin kind of age faster compared to the normal person? I wouldn't point to any chronic medical conditions that could cause the skin to age faster. There are things that you can do in your life's in your lifestyle that could cause the skin to age faster, such as smoking. Smoking is a huge thing that can cause the skin to age faster. Alcohol abuse can cause the skin to age faster. Those are, those are two things for sure. If you're doing that on a chronic, continued basis, the skin will age with that for sure. But in terms of chronic medical conditions, it may be associated with increased age of the skin, but I haven't seen in the literature that they they actually cause aging of the skin. Mm-hmm. What about any particular foods? I haven't seen that in the literature either. But of course, if you're if you have a bad diet, you're not eating your fruits and vegetables, you're not maintaining a healthy diet, that's not going to help <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No, not at all. So what are some of the main signs that people have when they have aging of the skin? So the foremost sign is wrinkling of the skin, increased lines on the skin, fine lines and wrinkles is the number one thing that people point to when they are complaining that their skin is aging. Another thing that you will see is discoloration of the skin, whether it be light light spots, dark spots, people more so complain of dark spots or dark patches on the skin. But if you're having an increase in light spots or lighter patches on the skin, that can also be sun damage. Sunspots on the skin, um, some people call them freckles. In dermatology, we call them sunspots because the sun is literally causing them. All of those things can cause aging of the skin. Another thing I would say is kind of increased thickness 
leathery skin. If you see someone with leathery, thick skin, that is evidence of sun damage and skin aging. About what age do does the skin start to show changes of aging? The skin can start to show changes of aging as early as your mid-20s, depending on what your sun exposure is like, depending on what your skin type is like. If you have very light, if you're very light and fair-skinned, you can see increased aging of the skin pretty early, especially if you're not wearing sunscreen or you're not doing sun protective habits. If you have more melanin in your skin, it can take a little bit longer. Okay, so there's some truth to that black don't crack. There is truth to that, (laughs) for sure. So the literature has shown that increased melanin in the skin can give you a bit of an SPF on the skin. A lot of people with melanin in the skin think that that substitutes for sunscreen. It does not. But it will get you a few more years in terms of wrinkles and fine lines. But your skin is still getting that damage. It's just not as it's just not going to be as evident as quickly if you were fair skinned. So you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I, I wanted to ask you about should African Americans, should black individuals wear sunscreen? The answer is a definite yes. Sunscreen is very important because even though we may not show or people with darker skin tones may not show fine lines and wrinkles as soon as someone with a lighter skin tone, you're still getting that sun damage. You're still getting the discoloration. Okay, I see a lot of dark skinned individuals who come in complaining of discoloration and they're not they're completely unaware that it's from the sun. So you're still getting this, the discoloration. You're still getting the dark spots or light spots on your skin from the sun. And all of that is evidence of sun damage and skin aging. And so it's extremely important to wear sunscreen, even if you have darker skin tones. How often should people wear sunscreen? So sunscreen... So you should wear sunscreen every day, even if it's cloudy outside. There's a lot of people believe, oh, well, if it's cloudy outside, I don't need to wear sunscreen. Well, the UV rays are still there. They're just filtering through the clouds. And so you're still getting sun exposure. And a lot of people will realize this, especially if they go to the beach or maybe they're they're at the pool and it's cloudy. They don't wear sunscreen. But when they leave later on in the day, they're tanned or they have a sunburn. So the sun, the UV rays are still there. You just can't see it. So it's very important to wear sunscreen every day. I recommend SPF 30 or above because anything below that is not effective. And sunscreen, no matter what it is, does expire in two hours. So if you're not reapplying and two hours have passed and you're still outside or you're going back outside, then you're not getting full protection. It means that you just got protection for two hours. And after that, the sun is going to do whatever it wants. So it's really important to remember to reapply for full protection. So what's your opinion on sunscreen lotion versus sunscreen sprays? Is one better than the other? Yes. So I like sunscreen lotion, sunscreen, sunscreen creams better than sunscreen sprays because when people use the sprays, they're not really using it for full protection. A lot of people just kind of put the sprays on and they go. They don't really rub it in. They're not really trying to make sure that your skin is fully covered by the spray. 
with lotion and cream, because it is a lotion and cream, you're more likely to actually rub it in and make sure that it's getting a bigger surface area. The sprays, I find it's, tr it's a lot of trouble because people are not really applying it correctly. They're not rubbing it in. It's kind of haphazard where they're spraying it. If you think about a spray, there's going to be gaps in where you spray. And so there's going to be parts of your skin that you don't get. And more recently, there have been some issues with a few, a very small amount of sprays that have been recalled um, because of a certain ingredient that was in it. So for now, I would just advise all my patients, and of course this is not medical advice, but <laughs> if I do see a patient, I advise them to stay away from the sprays for now until that's the sprays are a little bit further investigated. Okay. So you talked about properly applying the sunscreen um, using the lotion. So how should one properly apply it on themselves? Should they just put it on the areas that the shirts or shorts don't cover it up? Should they cover from head to toe? How to properly apply sunscreen? So you should apply it anywhere that is sun exposed. So anywhere that is open to the air, to the sun, you need to apply the cream or the lotion. And so it, so let's say you're in a swimsuit, so that would be your, your face, your neck, your chest, your arms, your back, your legs, anywhere that is exposed to the sun, you need to apply the cream or lotion. It needs to be an even application. The full surface area of the skin needs to be applied. A lot of people don't really do that. They maybe put it, just, you know, put a small amount and then just kind of rub it in. They're not there's some part, some parts of their skin have more cream than the other. You want to make sure every part of your skin has the same amount for true full protection. And that's how you avoid the situation where you still get a sunburn, but you're, but you put on sunscreen, which is very common. So putting sunscreen is a good uh, preventive method for aging. So are there any other preventive methods that people can do? I know one of the old wives tales is always drinking a whole bunch of water. You need to drink eight glasses of water a day because it's going to help your skin. So hydration is very important. I wouldn't put a certain amount of cups of water to drink, but you want to make sure you're hydrated. Um, if a lot of people don't like putting on sunscreen or it's just annoying to them or it's a, it's a whole bunch of work. There's a lot of UV t-shirts or UV clothing that you can use where it eliminates the fuss of having to reapply every couple hours. So UV clothing is another way that you can protect yourself from the sun and from aging. If you're specific, if you're specifically looking at skin aging, specifically of the face, I would recommend uh, retinoids, which is a type of is a it's a type of topical that you can apply to your face that has been shown to help with skin aging. Okay, yeah, I've used retinoids before. Um, it helped me out with some kind of blemishes that I've had in the past. With some of those medications, are there any kind of side effects that people can have? So with retinoids, the main side effect is peeling irritation of the skin because it is an exfoliant, but that can be easily rectified or treated by just decreasing frequency of use. Some people have 
some people's skin are more sensitive than others. And so it may be easier for their skin to be more irritated or for their, for their skin to peel. Generally, when you use a retinoid, you use it at night. So if I have a patient who has that issue, I would tell them instead of using it nightly, maybe use it every couple nights or every three nights or just use it. It's perfectly fine if you're only using it a few times a week, as long as you're using it regularly because you're still getting the same effect. The only difference is that you're not getting that irritation or that dryness on the skin. So that was preventive methods. Let's talk about treatment options. So someone comes to see you, they're like 32. They've been looking in the mirror for the last few months, starting to see some wrinkles going on, starting to have a little crow's feet on the side of their eyes. How do you treat them um, to help get rid of those some of those wrinkles? So I always ask every single patient, what do you want treated? Because as a dermatologist, I may notice something that they're not concerned about. And so I always want to make sure that I'm addressing what bothers them. And so I always ask them, what specifically do you want treated? So if that patient came in to see me and she said, oh, I have crow's feet, I want to get rid of them, then that's a very easy solution. Botox Botox or Dysport injections. Botox and Dysport are neuromodulators that can help decrease the movement of the wrinkles in that area. And it actually will get rid of crow's feet from anywhere one and a half to four months, depending on which neuromodulator that you choose. And so that would be my solution for her. And that would also offer her preventative preventative treatment, such as retinoids that I was uh, telling you about. There's also various cosmeceuticals that you can use that will help decrease fine lines and wrinkles. And so I would make sure that I would tell her about optimizing optimizing cosmeceuticals. So not only are we treating with the neuromodulator, but we're also addressing the skin itself on a daily basis. So what's cosmeceuticals? So cosmeceuticals is just a term for topicals that you apply to the face for corrective purposes, whether it's defense against skin aging or treating dark spots or evening out the skin tone. It's just a term for anything over the counter that you can use to treat any defect or problem on the face. Okay. So let's let's talk about that using that as an example. Someone comes to see you have a lot of darkening spots on their face, been popping up the last couple of years. What are some of your go-to treatments to help them out? So number one would be sun protection. Oftentimes, a lot of people don't realize that the sun is actually probably 70% of why they have the dark spots on their face. So I go into detail about education, about sun protection, and how even if I were to recommend cosmeceuticals, if we're not protecting our face from the sun in a diligent manner, then we're not really going to get anywhere. So about diligent sun protection, and then depending on the type of dark spots I'm seeing or how severe their their discoloration is, I'd recommend various cosmeceuticals depending on how severe it is I may prescribe I may prescribe a bleaching cream or I may prescribe something that can help with the specific type of discoloration that they have but there are various options for something like that 
Okay. So is there any kind of creams or lotions that you recommend that people can purchase over the counter to keep their skin looking young and youthful? Yes. So there's, there's definitely over the counter retinoids, definitely not as strong as prescription, but there are good over the counter retinoids that have been shown to be effective. And so that's something that I would recommend. I would recommend Antioxidant serums, such as vitamin C serums, are very important. They help to decrease the free radicals in the skin, and then they also help to decrease skin aging. So those two things are paramount in terms of over-the-counter that I would recommend to defend against skin aging. They also help with discoloration on the skin. There's a, there's a lot of cosmeceuticals that I could recommend, but it really depends on the patient and what specifically is going on on their face for me to decide which one would work best. Each patient is different. Each discoloration is different. And so I would have to take a look and see. But for the most part, retinoids, antioxidant serums work for everyone. And then... When we're talking about discoloration, another thing okay. that I haven't mentioned are cosmetic procedures that can be done, such as chemical peels, microneedling, lasers. There are various cosmetic procedures that can be done that can help with discoloration or dark spots, defense against skin aging, but with something like that, of course, insurance usually does not pay for it. And it really depends on the type of discoloration that the patient has and how severe it is. So let's let's kind of get into chemical peeling. So what is the whole process like for doing that? So a chemical peel is a liquid that contains a, a various acid that can that you apply on the face for the express purpose of peeling back. A specific layer of the skin. So you can have a light chemical peel, a medium chemical peel, and a deep chemical peel. And as the name suggests, a light chemical peel just takes off the superficial layer of the skin. Medium goes a little bit deeper. The deep chemical peel will take off the deep layer of the skin. And so in terms of where in terms of what I do in my practice, I utilize light and medium chemical peels to help remove those various layers of the skin. And as you're removing those layers of the skin, you're removing the discoloration, the superficial and the medium depth discoloration, and giving the skin a chance to grow back normal skin that has the normal skin tone. And if you do chemical peels on a regular basis, most people do see the results of evening out of the skin tone, better skin tone, better skin texture. So it's just another defense that we have against skin aging and discoloration. So about how many sessions does it take for someone to see a change in their skin tone? So it's variable. Everybody is different, but most people will see a change after four chemical peels spaced a month apart. Okay. And you mentioned something earlier. I think you said microneedling. Uh, what is microneedling? So microneedling is another device that you can use to 
remove some of the layers of the skin. Not only does it do that, it actually it also it actually also increases collagen growth in the skin, thereby decreasing the age of the skin and making the skin more youthful. And so it's a device that has several small needles on the device that you use to poke holes into the top layers of the skin to encourage new layers of the skin and new collagen to grow back in return. And so when that's done, the skin definitely can the skin definitely can become more youthful, okay? The skin texture improves, discoloration improves, and so that's another device that can be used to treat defense to that can be used for defense against skin aging and for discoloration on the skin. Okay. Is that also true for laser treatment therapy? Yeah. So there are various lasers that can do the same thing. And because there's so many layers, there's so many different lasers, there are different modalities that are used to treat defense against skin aging and chemical and defense against skin aging and discoloration. But yes, lasers are another type of device that can help with that. Okay, so let's take a little peek behind the curtain a little bit on on different kind of chemicals or compounds that dermatologists make at their practice. Can you give a little bit of insight of what goes into making a specific compound at your practice and how you're able to present it to your patients? So I actually don't compound anything at my practice. However, I do use a pharmacy, a compounding pharmacy, and I use the compounding pharmacy to compound bleaching creams. I use it to compound topicals for hair loss. I use it to compound topicals for warts, molluscum, other entities on the skin. And so as a dermatologist in that way, I'm able to personalize some of these topical medications for my patients to their specific disease entity rather than having to be confined to a certain prescription that they can get at CVS. I'm able to use the compounding pharmacy to make sure that whatever is in the compound is very specific to what's going on on their skin. Is there anything that People can compound at home. I know a lot of people that make their own individual specific masks. They're over there mixing avocados with baked beans, with granolas and rubbing (laughs) all kind of things on their face, thinking it's going to help them out. Is there any kind of home mask (laughs) that people can do? I'm really not aware of that. But from what my patients tell me, people love apple cider vinegar Again, I have no experience with it. I can't, I can't advise them one way or the other regarding that. So, but <laughs> yes, definitely Dr. Google has a lot of different formulas that people can use. I can only go by what I have experience with and I can only go by what's in the literature. So unfortunately, I cannot advise anybody on that. <laughs> All right. So stay off Google. Don't get on Google. Yes. Y'all going to get make a mask up that's going to create a rash. Yeah. So doing the total opposite. 
So um, let's talk about the business side as far as most of this stuff, if I'm not mistaken, is kind of cosmetic. Insurance doesn't cover the majority of the things that you may be doing for anti-aging. Is that correct? That is correct in most cases. In some cases, insurance will cover certain uh, causes of skin aging, especially if it's do especially if what's going on is precancerous or cancerous. Most most of the time, insurance will cover that. But if it's anything else that it that is just kind of due to the look of the skin or wrinkles or anything similar to that, most of the time, insurance doesn't cover it. So ballpark range, if someone comes to see you for Botox injections, how much may that run them? So it's variable depending on what they want treated and how much they want treated. But if I had to give a range, it could be anywhere from 400 to $800 on average. And that range is just ballpark because some people may want a lot done. Some people may not want as much done. So you got to save up your coins coming to see you to get some of these treatments. <laughs> well, if you think about Botox, you are paying that amount, but it does last three to four months. So for three to four months, the wrinkles are gone. So for a lot of people, that cost is worth it. Do you see a lot of people that come to see you that may be suffering from some kind of like body body dysmorphia or seeing things that aren't necessarily there, but really want to get a dark spot that's very faint or get this one last wrinkle out? That's actually very common. And one common denominator that I have noticed with people who are concerned about some of these things is that they use magnifying mirrors. And so that's the first thing that I tell them to stop using is a magnifying mirror. But oftentimes when I tell them that, just looking at them myself, I can't really notice anything that comforts them and they are not as likely to want to get something treated. I tell them often, you know, put away the magnifying mirror. Without the magnifying mirror, you can't even really tell that something's going on. And oftentimes they think about it and they realize that makes a lot of sense and they stop worrying about it. There are some people who are still kind of wanting to have what they want removed, which is definitely their prerogative. And after I let them know that, and I make sure to let them know that, you know, sometimes the removal will look worse than what's there right now. That's another thing that you can tell them. And oftentimes that is the case, especially if it's small, because anything you remove from the skin will result in a scar. A lot of people don't understand that that is the case. You will have a certain scar no matter what. If you think about any time you've ever had any type of scrape or anything on your skin, there is a scar there. It may be small. And time may have passed where it's kind of faded into your normal skin tone, but there will be a scar there. A lot of people think that if you remove something from the skin, it'll kind of go back to your normal skin tone and it'll go away. And that's not the case. So once I appropriately advise patients that you will be left with a certain scar and the scar may be worse or more noticeable than what's there now, that oftentimes will help them decide, oh, okay, maybe I really don't want to have this removed. But there are plenty of cases where they want to have it removed. It bothers them, and they know that they'll be sad. They know that they'll be happier without it, and I'm happy to help with them, help them with that. Okay, 
All right, that's real good. So as we kind of wrap up, is there any kind of lasting words of wisdom or tips that you would give to people to keep their skin looking young and youthful? Definitely. So my number one tip would be sun protection. No matter the color of your skin, if you're protecting it from the sun right now, you won't regret it in the future. People will be complimenting you about how young you look when you're older, and you'll know it's because you took time and effort to protect your skin from the sun. So sun protection is very important. The next thing I would recommend is nightly retinoid. There are plenty over-the-counter that has been shown to be effective, such as over-the-counter different or adapting gel. Neutrogena has a really good brand, um, Rapid Wrinkle Repair. Olay has a good brand, too. And if you want to see your dermatologist, you can get stronger retinoids by prescription. But retinoids have been shown to help with discoloration. They help with pore size. They help with defense against skin aging, including defending against wrinkles and fine lines. So the sooner you begin that, the better in terms of defense against skin aging and protecting your skin from the sun. And then I would also recommend antioxidant serums as well because studies have shown that they go a long way toward helping the skin in terms of defense against skin aging and helping the skin tone and helping with discoloration on the skin. So those are the three things I would recommend in general. If there's three things you want to take away from this conversation, it's that beginning those three things will go a long way toward defending your skin against age and then also defending your skin against sun damage. So wear that sunscreen. Yes. And if you're smoking, stop smoking because that's not going to help your skin at Mm -hmm. all either. And put uh, healthy things into your body as well. Hydrate, drink water, do not smoke. All those things will lead to your death of your body and your skin. So as we wrap up, I always like to wrap up with Randy's random questions. Are you ready, Dr. Chinello? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So question number one, you're a fellow Texan just like me. What's your favorite or who is your favorite Texas team? Hmm. Right now, I would have to say the Astros. Because they're playing, they've been playing so well for so long. And so it's just been really fun to watch them play so well for so long. Okay. (laughs) Do you have a particular favorite player on the Astros? Um, I I really like Justin Verlander, just because he's a great pitcher. So he's definitely one of my favorite players. I love Jose Altuve. So Jose Altuve, actually, I would probably say is number one. And then if I had to point to a pitcher, Justin Verlander. See, she knows her team. She can name almost the whole squad. Everybody who's starting and the bench players. Yep. (laughs) I hope we pull it out this year. So if you had to leave a message for your, I think you're having a a son, what message would you leave for him? Um, A message? Oh, wow. That's so broad. What type of message? You can leave whatever message you want to leave. The message that I would leave for him is that we are looking forward to seeing him soon. And we are very excited. (laughs) And how would people get in contact with you if they want to come see you as a patient? So you can actually email me. So 
Well, if you want to see me as a patient, you could actually call my office number, 281-812-1846. If you want to ask me any questions or if something else pops up and you have any questions for me, you can email me at chanello.ikpiyama at wellspire.net. Alternatively, you can message me on Instagram, on my Instagram, on my Instagram page, Dr. Fang Tang.